0: Good evening, YouTube. Now, this has created a bit of a conundrum. Uh, I was chatting with the guys before we got started here. This is a episode 46 of the BIC podcast. Um, I am going to acknowledge the chat here and there, but we are live. This is the live episode, quote unquote, on Expo Week, like Shark Week, but Lamer. So we're going to talk about, we'll, we'll touch on that a little bit. We've already talked about Expo a little bit. I'm going to do a separate video and stuff like that anyway. So I'll get into that, but we'll touch on it here and there where it's appropriate. But the thing is, since it's a live episode, that that creates kind of the Friday dynamic. But on the other hand, it's Monday. And normally Monday is five percent more mature.
1: So we if wait. we found
0: ourselves with a little bit of a problem.
1: Wait, 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 yes, wait. wait. Are, are the people paying for this? Like was oh, this paying. like a members only thing? Or, or did I did I agree? I I, I
0: tried to put it behind a paywall, but I think Eric pressed the wrong button and we took the wrong turn at Albuquerque. Damn. So unfortunately, we've got ourselves a bit of a problem here. So we put our math skills to the test, and what we decided is it's monday so it can't be friday which means we're not five percent more mature we're two and a half percent more mature but that still means you get to listen to the riffs and look at the intro for the show which begins now Ah, the sweet musical sounds of compromise. I felt it. I felt it. And along the way, so for folks listening to the audio version of it, I am going to read some of the stuff in the chat to make sure I cover this. Uh, Carlisle, uh, the battery, Carlisle, who uh, joins us usually on the Friday live streams. Uh, actually, uh, no, this is actually my bad. I didn't realize when I set up the stream yard, initially, I didn't have a schedule time. So I just set it up as a placeholder. Uh, and then I was going to add the other things into it. But when I did that, YouTube just shows it and it just shows today and it shows the time that I set the placeholder. So Carlisle was actually in the chat chatting. So, you know, I have two comments here. So the first one was, I think I prefer the show when Carlos is here, too. But then a few minutes later, he goes, actually, this format is growing on me. It's so peaceful and serene. I appreciated the development of this commentary. Uh, That's when I realized that it's like, actually, the placeholder is sitting there. I'm like, huh, I should probably put some kind of a time on this.
1: Wait, 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 wait. But did Carlisle really sit there for 13 minutes staring at the blank screen?
0: I don't know what Carlisle was doing for 13 minutes, but the, I'm just going with what's on there. What do you, all I gotta say there? So we got the collector's dream Orlando here. Hello, everyone. Good evening, Orlando. So I will touch on the chat here and there, but for the most part, I want to get through a couple of topics here. But I'm I'm open to listening to the chat as well. Like I said, we're kind of uh splitting the baby a little bit here. Uh you know, two and a half percent. We're gonna we're gonna go right in that middle ground. Good evening to Jeff as well. Now couple of things we're going to touch on here. Uh, bobbles, this is your moment. Um, your Ravens uh, look pretty solid, pretty good. Is this your moment where you wish to gloat, or do we remember the tenant of regular season and just take it for what it is and on to next week?
1: It's the regular season. I'm proud of the victory. It was way better than I expected. However, we are not undefeated. We have a couple losses that could have been avoided one of which was kind of embarrassing, shouldn't have happened mm. to the Colts, I believe. Um, we will gloat during playoffs if it becomes successful, but until then, we are just a winning football franchise at the moment. And Carla has answered your question.
0: Thank you, Carla. We appreciate you. Either way, we appreciate you. And I want to let you know that even though it is, like I said, it is a live version of the podcast. That's why we've got the lovely outlet, including in the corner, keeping an eye on the proceedings. Uh, it is 2.5% more mature than Friday, so it will not be all the Friday chic. We will restrain ourselves somewhat. Also, another important thing, uh, our friends at AMG Collectibles do support this, although Eric is still supporting the like button, so remember that. The like button is being paid for by Eric. That is separate from it. So, his unfortunately, his expo budget has declined precipitously because I have increased the rate for the month of November. It is November, and Eric will pay extra for the like button. So just bear that in mind amgcollectibles.ca and amgcardbreaks.com AMG and tomorrow there will be an amg collectibles uh, podcast episode on the amg collectibles youtube channel uh, we will be recording it in the morning and it should be up before lunchtime tomorrow so that's uh for the team members that are still in halifax and we they will be several of them will be joining us at the toronto expo this weekend just uh, throw that in there so thank you to amg for supporting the channel all right let's get into it here going forward I did want to touch on a couple of things. I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about expo. We touched on it quite a bit already anyway. And like I said, I'll do a separate video on it, but I did want to touch on this and that this was valid. So since we're talking about the NFL thing and folks in the chat, if you want to chime in on this, I'd like to get your take. Of course we watched our teams. Uh, I was happy the Packers won, but at the same time I- I'm torn right now. We're at the time of year. Where we're like, I want to see the team, the team play well, but then winning doesn't really do anything for me necessarily. It doesn't necessarily help me, you know, they're not going anywhere. So I just want to see. We want to do the evaluation process for Jordan Love. That's really all we're trying to figure out. Is he good enough to stick around or should we jettison him in space? That's really all we're trying to figure out right now. Uh, so from that perspective, it was nice, but the Rams suck. And then Matthew Stafford less Rams suck more, which is evidenced by the fact that the Packers won. So I- I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, I'll take it where it is. Look, I'll take it. But at the same time, I understood what the situation was. But can we talk about the Dallas game here for a moment? Because that whole last sequence was inexplicable to me. Um, first, the referees were trying to get them all the way down the field. You know, very helpful of them to try to assist and, <laughs> you know, give, give them an opportunity. And yet, delay of game. And yet, befuddling play calls. And yet, you know, trying to run a play when you're clearly not ready. I have questions, Bob.
1: Could it be the NFL wanting Philadelphia to a won, but didn't want people to leave the game so they needed a way to make it interesting? Hashtag rigged. Listen, man, all I'm saying is the, re-
0: the referees help them about as much as they can help. It was like, do you want us to score the touchdown for you? Like, we've done everything we can. We've put you in a position you have no business being in. And here you are. Do the rest on your own. Uh, it, it, I just looked over at the sideline there when they sh- shot the shot over, and I'm like, yep, Mike McCarthy. Mm-hmm. Yep. Inexplicable. Um pretty much bad coaching. I'm like, yep, that's um, that's a team I've seen before. Luckily, it's not my team, so my problem is personnel. <laughs> uh,
1: uh, you, you could have lost to Washington. <clears throat> you looking at uh, Bougie Eric down there? I'm, I'm, I'm just saying. I see. I see. We'll move on. i
2: say this. Uh,
1: um, during the
2: if you want to call it a game, um, that's that's up to you. During the game between uh, the New England Patriots and the uh, Washington team, um, I saw probably the most disgusting call in NFL history. I it has totally put me off to enjoying the sport moving forward or respecting the league um and it was a call that actually helped new england if you and it made national headlines and the call was sacking of the quarterback uh washington sacked um uh, mac jones and it was an absolute perfect sack And they called roughing the the the, uh, passer and gave, you know, a whole set of 15 yard penalty and gave New England a set of downs again. And we still couldn't win because they they just suck. Can Um, I ask a
0: serious question? Can I ask a serious question? I get your point. But look, I'm a big I'm 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 not a big referee call guy. I really don't care about bad calls for the referees one way or the other. But for New England at this point, aren't you better off just losing out? Well, I think that's why they're keeping Mac Jones out there. I don't think they. I don't think they're putting him out there because they think he can
2: win. They're putting him out there. It's like actually, we'd rather you lose. I. I, Yeah. I. I don't care anything about that. I. am really. My. My frustration with that game was that this. This sport is is being dramatically changed for the worse um, by the officials by the league. Um, You know, it was absolutely horrible. I, you know, I, my mother and I were watching the game and both of us are, are, are realizing that we're yelling at the TV um, over a play that helps New England. It That's how bad the call was that as football fans, we're going, are you effing kidding me? And to be honest, I just can't, I, I I don't I don't know if I can be a football fan anymore. I've had enough.
0: In fairness, you're a you're a fan of New England.
2: Were you ever a football fan to begin with? When I used to have to watch are we sure we want to call that football? I I, I grew up with the Patriots being one in fifteen uh losers year after year. Uh watching the worst Super Bowl loss in, in the history of the sport. Um fun stuck, watch by the way, I enjoyed it. And stuck hmm. by them.
1: Is that so why you put so much emphasis on the uh, regular season? Cause you never got to experience postseason.
2: I'm being two, 2.5% more mature. 2.5% <laughs> speaking of which Josh here. Thank you,
0: Josh. We appreciate you. Good evening, gentlemen. Thank you, Josh. Appreciate you. Josh, All right. quiet. Now let, let, let me move on here for a second. Uh, carlisle actually made an excellent point and i actually wanted to touch this is actually i i've not thought of this but look I'm, i want to get to cj Stroud here in a minute because that ending that sequence was actually very entertaining as well and by the way we're going to talk a little bit about football because like i said we'll get into um the cj Stroud thing is actually going to lead into a different conversation there's a little more card related so bear with us here for a moment as we're having this portion of the conversation uh the falcons lost to a qb that didn't even practice with the team previously dobbs A great story. Dobbs going out there and basically playing like, you know, ah, let's just give it a go. Let's see what happens. He doesn't know who's out there. He doesn't know who's on his team. He doesn't know who's on the other team. We'll give it a go. You know, drag this team to victory. Like, look, um, I'm not even I think that was that was the Atlanta, Minnesota game. Right. Like, I don't even really like at this point, I don't really have a stake in it. But I did enjoy the fact that out of all things, just randomly put Dobbs in there and he found a way to win. It worked out, and the guy had to fight for it. I'll give him, I'll give him his credit. It was, it was entertaining. He's not, he's not a great quarterback. He's a journeyman by definition, like a true journeyman. But he found a way to give him a spark and won a game. I thought that was very interesting. Look, in, in a league where we're looking for entertainment, and every week that goes by, and Bobbles can attest to this, and we were talking about this. All I'm going to say is this: I talked about that it was a real possibility this season is going to be rock paper scissors. There's no real great teams there are there's some bad really bad teams but with the right matchup they can squeak out a win find a way and i think it's going to be a lot of that this season there's going to be like no dominant team because none of the teams feel dominant even teams with good records don't feel dominant even the bad teams are going to have some games where they hang in there and are at least competitive and have a chance it's very much matchup based depends on who you're playing and it depends on what the circumstances are like i said the packers have played terrible terrible uh, they didn't Whoa. score a first half touchdown for like five straight games. And the only reason they did is they played the Rams.
1: Well, I mean, we're what? Just over halfway through the season now. And there's still so much that could happen. There's still, there's a yeah. ton that's already happened. You could wind up with a Texas Rangers Diamondbacks type Super Bowl where it's not the teams you expected. It's not the teams anybody was interested in. But that's what you're left with because it has been so much like up and down. Mm-hmm. I mean, I looked at the schedule yesterday of the games and there was like, I think two games that looked like they were decent, but then there was so much talk about yesterday's games. Even most of them, the matchups were crap. So you got the bills who are supposed to be good and they have pretty much sucked. So it, who knows who's going to pull it out in the end, but
0: makes sense now let's touch on uh right now at this point to be honest kind of the theme that i'm talking about here with the Dobbs thing with everything else i'm just rooting bobbles for entertainment you give me entertainment even it's wacky even it's a little name it's good enough for me i can work with entertainment um and the texans and the houston texans tampa bay game now this is a little behind the scenes in the discord thing we love to trash talk in the discord we talked about that a number a number of different times however one of Thanks, what this is almost this was a perfect situation where shot and fraud. The key to shot and fraud is shot and fraud is like black magic, it can turn on you. You gotta be very careful how you wield You must wield it judiciously. This is a pro tip. Our friend Paul made the critical error of celebrating too soon the shot and fraud against the Houston Texans, and then CJ Stroud came and got and came back and won the team of the game. I actually had a snarky comment, but I realized wait, the dark magic of shot and fraud doesn't work this way. Let me hold it back. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait until the result is done. And then he came back and drove the team down and, and got the touchdown and got the win. But the big thing is as a rookie, and this will kind of lead into the, the topic, the main topic here. And as a rookie, had a phenomenal game, set the rookie record for yards, uh, threw for five touchdowns. It was about as good a performance as you can ask for from a rookie. And I'll, I'll get into how that relates into the cards here in a second. 470 yards 30 30 of 42 passing five touchdowns zero interceptions back and forth game baker actually drove his team down and they they, they were able to get the lead they're late and it almost looked like baker was going to steal it it would have been funny for neo though because neo was very much in the cj stroud camp even though baker mayfield was once upon a time his guy so baker almost snatched it away and then cj stroud took it back now here's the thing a fun performance if nothing else it was very enjoyable to watch as somebody who doesn't have a horse in this race but this is part of the conversation we had earlier when we were talking about it. So you got C.J. Stroud now. He's had this big moment. During our during the boom, during that big moment where everything was happening, this would be the moment that everything would explode, everything would go off, and we'd get these ridiculous eye-popping numbers. We're going to get some good numbers. But the thing is, with the whole Fanatics and Panini situation going on, C.J. Stroud doesn't actually have that many cards available for you to speculate on even if you wanted to again economic environment all that taken into account but imagine we talked we were talking about it beforehand imagine what an ntrpa imagine what a uh, you know prism uh, prism gold or you know prism nebula one of one or one of these various things that are there you know even a prism silver what would a prism silver be doing right now you have mosaic you got bowman you you've got a couple different cards you've got some of the tops now cards i think you've got the autograph ones that are doing well but the amount of cards we've got available if you wanted to try to wade into those waters and try to take advantage of this economically is actually a very small amount of cards, which is kind of funneling what resources are going to try to do that into a very small number of cards. And it's played a weird dynamic. So any thoughts initially on that?
1: So as I said um, before we got on here, it, it is a weird dynamic, but there was something I didn't think about when we were talking about it. What does... Could and we don't know what the future is going to hold here, but yeah, I think right now you could see, and again, who knows how he finishes the year up? If he continues this, it could continue to go up. But Hmm. this could possibly be the 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 peak, so to speak. I don't, and I don't want to say the the ceiling necessarily, but the other part to the equation is you're going to whatever outcome happens between Panini and Tops. I know, you know, Dakota has discussed if the fanatics start, you know, fanatics starts making football, it's not going to be this inflated price on products and everything else. I'm dubious on that, by the way, I'm on record as being dubious on that, but we'll see. We've seen what, like what they've done with other sports, like upper deck, even, you know, we'll throw them into the mix here as well in the mixing pot. They know Connor Bedard's hype and series two is already higher now, whether that's upper deck, whether that's distributors, uh, shops, whatever. But if CJ Stroud numbers continuously rise like they're you know currently doing, your product, when he finally does have stuff come out, is going to be insanely priced because of the value of his card being in the product. So it, it's kind of like this, it's a weird spot. He doesn't have much right now. He doesn't really have much license stuff at all. And then he's exploding based off performance, which is going to lead to higher product of whatever kind that comes out. So you're, you're going to be footing the bill to even have a chance to get his stuff. So that's exactly it.
0: And that, that's the part that I'm kind of curious about. Like I said, we're, we're wading into interesting interesting waters, if nothing else. So Jay here makes a comment. Single game performance over a span of more than one week should have zero to do with card performance, except for the weak-minded, non-collector card traders. Jay makes a valid point, and I appreciate you, Jay. Thank you. Uh, I will say, though, uh, look, I, I have a lot of fun. And I, and I had Dakota on the channel talking about this. And we had a little segment where we talked about the CJ Shroud thing at the shrine he's building, the CJ Shroud. But the thing is, uh, the kid has shown a lot of promise, a lot of potential. He's also played extremely well. It's not one or two games. He's had a couple of different games where he's shown that potential. And again, it's a, it's a, it's a franchise that has had a lot of things going on going well for it. But the, the truth is this. We'll see. Like, I don't know what the, the future is going to hold. We're, we're the, kind of to Bobble's point. It could mean nothing. But it was still a fantastic performance. It was – look, if nothing else, it was a historical performance. It was a record-breaking performance for a rookie. Uh, 470 yards is phenomenal, but five touchdowns with no picks – For a rookie is fantastic against an NFL team. And an NFL team that was actually playing, you know, actually trying to play, and they were trying to win the game. They were at least being competitive. Again, it was a very competitive game.
1: Did I look wrong? Is he at 14 and one on the season?
0: You talk about in touchdowns to interceptions? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So he's
0: 14 touchdowns to one interception, which is a great for a rookie, it's fantastic it's a good ratio.
1: I mean, 14 is not like you know, it's not a high number necessarily at what are we week nine completion now. Um, it's not terrible, but it's not like off the charts. But the one interception is key for a rookie. He's not out there yeah. making a ton of mistakes. So you don't you know, expect rookies to favorite, put up like gaudy
0: you don't expect rookies to put up gaudy touchdown numbers anyway. If you but if you're realistic, if you just basically double it up, you know, double it up through the rest of the games in terms of where we are. That would that would equate to 28 touchdowns and two interceptions I don't expect mm-hmm. that to go through to the end of the season however if it did that would be a fantastic it's good campaign. numbers, yeah yeah like it's it means you were efficient it means you didn't do anything stupid it means you you stayed kind of within your lane the team isn't expected to do anything crazy but you played well enough to keep your team in games that's great that that's all you can ask for and then obviously build the team around them you know fix it up and make it better and give them better opportunities down the road. But at least it would give the it would give the people who are hoping and crossing their fingers hope and potential for the future, seeing that discipline early, because discipline is a big thing you worry about with a lot of these young players. Uh, the point though is uh, the point though is that it is a unique dynamic. Jay's point is one hundred percent right. But either way, like even if he just ends up being a pretty good player, just this current cycle where we don't have a lot of cards, all the other rookies, whether they're good or bad, for the last several years, have had tons of cards to choose from. If any of them took off, there are lots of choices, low end, mid end, high end. But this one, we're pretty much limited to a handful of specific things. If you want an autograph, there isn't a lot of stuff to be chasing after.
1: Not a lot and of those are cards available. That's why I said, you know, and I get Dakota's a Houston fan, so it makes it a little bit different on his on his end of it. If it were me as a speculator, prospector, or whatever on the guy, I would probably sell right now because he did, you know, he, he is going up. He had a great game. His hype is there. And when the, whenever, you know, assuming that more product is going to be released, I don't think they would just like cut it off right now, but assuming more products going to be released, there's going to be a good amount of it. And, you know, then the supply starts, you know, saturating the market a little bit and then that's when some of your stuff's gonna soften so i i mean hopefully for houston fans the kid stays you know good and doesn't have injuries or anything like that but it's a weird situation and we all know the new shiny wears off the next new thing will come out you know and you're gonna find yourself in a weird weird position so
0: Absolutely. Now, I think what would be interesting, though, for the new shiny is until Fanatics and Panini are able to resolve their issues, the new shiny may have zero cards. <laughs> That's kind of where we're stuck with at the moment. That's the only reason why I say that the CJ Stroud thing is particularly interesting, because this would normally have been the time where if we had a full complement of options, it'd be interesting to see where things would, would move. And we'll, we'll see what happens with that. So Dave here uh, joining us. Good evening, Dave. Uh, Fanatics goes public. Three years later, renewing strategic options. Card gets sold off. They bought at the absolute top. Dave is very much a big fan of Fanatics, of our Fanatics Overloads. Huge fan. Huge fan. Make sure we cover that. And uh, for, for reference, the next three games of Houston, I believe, based on what I'm seeing, NFL.com is at the Bengals versus the Cardinals and versus the Jaguars. So plan your hashtag investing accordingly. Hashtag invest responsibly.
1: Bengals looked good against the Bills. Burrows, the rounding back into forms. Cardinals, he should have an explosive game. Jaguars would be a fun one because you got two young talents.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so three more weeks, and it could uh, it could actually be his numbers could actually look pretty decent after a couple more weeks. So we'll see. You know, uh, I I'm not going to predict anything. Like I'm out of it. I don't have a horse in the race, and I don't own any of the cards. But good luck to those who do uh, if you decide to run the roller coaster. I'm inclined to take some of the profit, kind of alluding to what Bobbles was saying, but that'd be me. But if you've got a couple of cards, then you can certainly afford to do that. Now, I wanted to touch on this here. Uh, I mentioned uh, to the guys that I had listened to uh, Hockey Cards Gong Show. Uh, if any of you is familiar with it, I will include a link in the description for, for folks checking it out after the fact to, the, uh, to their podcast. Uh, they talk about a lot of different stuff with the focus on hockey cards. Uh, And they do do a nice job of having uh, timestamps, so you can skip ahead to the pieces that interest you. Uh, They had Mikey Singer from the Sports Card Expo on there, and he gave a couple of details of a couple of the last couple of shows. And one of the things that I wanted to kind of bring to attention, because we've been asked it previously, and I wanted to give that information. How big is the show physically? It's going to be about 200,000 square feet. That's per the guys that are organizing it. So with the two halls, they're going to do 200,000 square feet, pretty solid size for them. And the other piece that was included is they are going is that last time they had 20,000 paid attendance through the door, which is not including the you know under 12 which are free, or uh, people like Eric who sneak in through the door under the cover of night. Those don't count. So 20,000 paid attendance, notwithstanding that, those are numbers from the last uh, hockey cards gong show uh, podcast.
1: Which uh, delivery outfit, uniform, get-up do you have this time, Eric? Oh, FedEx. Mm. They, oh, okay. I love been, it.
2: They've been told to keep an eye out for a suspicious UPS driver. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I got FedEx this year.
1: Gotcha. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Thank you, Jay. Appreciate you.
0: I'll get to some more of the comments at the end. I want to get through a couple of the topics we're going to talk about. Uh, Eric, question for you. Uh, and we'll shift it over a little bit here into a little expo talk and also if anybody wants to have anything that we'll talk about in the chat this version of the podcast was going to be shortened up a little bit uh i'll cut i'll cut it out for the audio version where i'm going to focus on that but for the youtube version you get the whole thing including the chat the audience participation so anything you guys want to chat about you let me know uh question for you obviously we got a lot going on uh expo wise we're going to be hanging out with a lot of folks dinners and stuff uh is there anything in particular that you are looking for in the realm of autographs? Are you going to be partaking in any of that this time around?
2: Yeah. I have a box sitting on the floor behind me with several things in it. Um, I will, you know, with being 2.5% more mature, um, Mm. I will be meeting up with Marcel Dion. Uh, we will be getting things signed for the shop. Um, Hopefully, I'll have the opportunity to meet Dave Taylor and uh, Charlie Simmer. Also, the Triple Crown line and get some things signed by them. Um, kind of behind the scenes. Uh, I'm also looking forward to getting things signed by Les Binkley, um, uh, Jacques Le Perrier, and Wayne Cashman. There you go. That is a on. Yep. So that's, I'm looking forward to doing some of those. So. And uh, Binkley and uh, Perrier um, is because I'm still working. I'm always working on the 6970 cards, getting autographed. And both of them have cards in that set. Um, Cashman does not, but I have a few other things. I also try to get, I'm trying to get as many Toronto Sun-Times, 1970, 71 Toronto Sun-Times uh, inserts. You know, the ones with the, with the two-hole punch in them, right? Mm-hmm. You with those, right? Um you can check them out on the Needham map. You sure can. Uh, mm. I mean, I can't. You can, because yeah. one, I don't fully believe it exists, and two, mm. um, if it does exist, I've been banned from it for some reason. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the Toronto Toronto Sun um, inserts. I'm trying to get as many of those signed as possible. So, um, you know, so yeah, I, I'm definitely getting some autographs done
1: nice so isn't this the expo where bobby's app goes live it
0: is yeah well technically it is live now it is live now it has it has gone in and now now is kind of the people giving feedback except for um actually it was very funny um i'll share a little story um I, i downloaded it and started playing around with it a little bit and Obviously, you got to have an iPhone app and you got to have an Android app. And this is something we'll talk about with Bobby later on because it's something that they've experienced. there, there are some certain complications. I was having an issue that a couple of other folks were having uh, with seeing some of the uh, text in, in some of the in some of the screens and such. and if for whatever reason it wasn't showing up properly, I couldn't read it, couldn't see it properly. Now what's funny is obviously troubleshooting, it, you got to know what kind of phone you have, what the software is, all the usual stuff. I've been on the other end of it, totally understand. Uh, so we tried to cooperate and give some information here and there. Uh, you know what it turns out to be? Uh, because I've got my phone set in dark mode, that was it. You flip it over to light mode, it's it's all perfectly legible. But it, it's something as silly as that can mm-hmm. cause an app to be a little wonky. Now, I like it in dark mode because obviously, you know, it's a lot of brightness on a phone. Like my eyes prefer little reduction in glare. But if I want to use the app properly, I got to turn it off. Now, that's okay. Now, I understand that. So, that's fine. I can do it.
1: But it does work. But you have to turn was it off. Was there up. an old old man mode for Eric?
0: Yeah, it's basically one button. And all it does is it shows him Dit Clapper and Reggie okay. Lemon. Okay. That's it. That's
1: all it, shows. Sure. That
0: it Yeah, it filters everything else out. It just focuses on those two things. Now, unfortunately, Eric doesn't have access to it because permaband. But if he had access to it, it would be one but.
2: Just got this today. This is the Bruins Centennial Puck with Reggie Lumlin's autograph on it. Now, if you don't know, that's only his last name. He signs Reggie on the other puck. Because he is on the top 100 Bruins of all time century list. So he gets to sign the 100th anniversary puck hundred greatest Bruins, and he is on the list, and the list stopped at six.
0: It was top one hundred well, I... but the
1: problem is they could only come up with six to be to be on the mature side of things. I was sitting here thinking because like you could have full teams from many years to fill out a hundred. List.
0: Well, the, the the point the point the point bobbles is supposed to be that a hundred years of the Boston Bruins. Now, if we're being practical about this top one hundred Bruins, we basically have Bobby Orr forty seven times. We have Joe Thornton forty seven times.
1: That's ninety. Is it one Sergey Samsonov off on five year? times?
0: No, total. That's the, it. Oh. Yeah. So, like I said, Bobby Orr forty seven times. Joe Thornton, forty-seven times under different aliases. They use different names for him, different his AOL accounts, like whatever he's got. They use them all. Then Sergei Samsonov five times, and then we stick Reggie Lemon in at the end. One hundred greatest and Bruins. Now, if we had one hundred greatest Colorado Avalanche, we could include Ray Bork. Different team,
2: but you know, it's not enough. Being two point five more, more more mature.
0: Oh no, I would be a lot more vicious on Friday. This is 2.5. I assure you, sir, this falls well under the 2.5% more mature moniker.
1: I was being mature because I was trying to think of like how many players per, you know, whatever. Like, uh, most of the teams stuck together through many years. So, like, how many segments of years did it? And was it like the whole damn team from that generation?
2: No, they, they, took every single player that's put on a Bruins uniform, whether it was for one shift or, you know, 800 games. And they took the top 100 greatest Bruins of all time and put them on a list for the hundredth year anniversary. And my player is on the list.
0: What number is Hal Gill?
2: He is not on the list.
0: He is a signature legend, Eric. I know. But he is to be a signature legend. legend. He is an SP signature legend. He is. That is a fact. That is a fact. He
2: did make that list.
0: <laughs> then how does he not make Bobbles? I am perplexed. I am flummoxed. I don't understand. How does he how is he an SP signature legend and he can't crack the top 100 Boston <laughs> Bruins of all time? A list that predominantly involves Bob, Bob Bobby Orr and Reggie Lemon I Eminem. Mean, I mean, mean, and PJ Stock. Like we're, like, we're hurting for choice, and we cannot find room for Hal Gill. Eric, how can you not find room on your list or in your heart <laughs> for Hal Gill?
2: Do not be smirched the name of Hal Gill, sir. He's a signature legend. Do you not
1: understand? Was Pasternak on the list. Is
2: not, Hal is a signature legend, and we're all very proud of him here in Boston for that. He unfortunately did not make the cut for the top 100. He, I'm sure he was like 101. Mm. Brutal. Brutal. If we had just put Bobby York 46 times instead of
0: 47 times, he could have cracked the top 100. This is exceedingly disappointing. This is very sad. I actually kind of want to look at this list now. I'm not going to lie. I kind of want to look at this list and go, how many times are we going to go, who? If I have to Google you, through like three layers and go into the dark web, were you even on this team? Are you sure? what number is dick clapper
2: uh 5 fantastic
0: okay great <laughs> good to know uh carlos says uh and now folks uh so also uh, we will continue this this will be the bic pod after hours it's live it's we're going to continue forward <laughs> but look as far as this week is concerned it's expo week uh a lot of this came about as a result of preparing for the expo uh didn't want to have to do a live uh, tomorrow there's going to be more stuff coming up on the channel. There will be a couple of videos that I will do in the lead up to it. And the Friday live stream will not be on this week, but I wanted to have a live stream to have something on the channel. And we're going to hang out for a bit after this. For the audio version, we're all going to magically disappear. And we'll see you next week. But uh, if you're on the YouTube version, or we're going to continue on going forward. But otherwise, if you're on the uh audio version of it, uh give us a five-star review. We would appreciate that. If you're on the YouTube version, give us a like, because I charge Eric for it. Hell, if you're on the audio version, go find the YouTube version and give us a like so I charge Eric for it. <laughs> we appreciate it. 2.5 Under the watchful <laughs> eye.
1: Come to the YouTube and figure out who the hell Eric is. True.
2: It's not worth your And
0: time. you can find out where the look on his face when he realized that he had that he was this close to denouncing Hal Gill SB signature legend. This close. So for bobbles and ball cards and Sanderson to or to Hal Gill. BSC Podcast episode 46, audio version out. Livestream continues.